Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Melissa Hunter Davis from Sugarcane Magazine, and you are here with This Week in Caribbean Arts. I am here with my fantastic hostesses. Ladies, Maria, let's start with you first. Hi, everybody. I am Maria Ortiz, curator and writer based in Miami, working at the Paris Art Museum of Miami. And Susie? Hi, everybody. Suzanne Fredericks here. Um, Susie Wong presents Jamaica-based Caribbean-focused online platform so Susie I really liked your um your theme music that you hear it but everything can be so serious in the art world you know and when I came up with the when I decided to kind of go with the Susie Wong presents as a brand I just thought you know there's so much about that that's woven into my own identity gotcha so um Doing a friend of mine is a her son is a producer and we just had a lot of fun. I said, listen, just do me a 30 second thing about Susie Wong. I gave him he knew a lot of the material and, as well and he just mixed it beautifully. Sometimes I think, oh, you know, a bit cringy, but I think sometimes it really works. I hope it works in this um, particular, you know, the Instagram reels. And this yeah. new focus on the reels really has impacted the visibility. And I think for the art world is really affecting a lot of people's marketing and communication about the work they're doing. And uh, so I'm trying to get into the reels, which is why I've started using it. But it's a challenge, let me tell you. You know, that's something same here. And I know that we need to move in um, to a big news item, but I do want to touch on that really quickly. It came up in a meeting that I had yesterday about Instagram and, you know, how things have changed for Instagram. And because there's always this conversation about, you know, the algorithm changing and then the new products and how you must use all of the products to get visibility and the amount of production that goes into social media now, you know, this is not just a quick snap of a picture with your phone, you know, reels take some time you know mm -hmm. I've played reels before and I'm like oh my god this is just really difficult you, what are institutions doing ladies if you can speak for the institutions that you're working with how are they moving forward with this or are they like some creators in abandoning this platform period well, I mean, certainly for me, I mean, being based on an island in the region, I mean, Instagram has been the key factor that's allowed me to gain the traction that I have, not only just to learn about what's happening in the region, but to be able to present what's happening with the work that I do. Um, so I think we're kind of chasing our tails. Just when you think you have it sussed on how to produce content for this platform, I don't know why the execs over there think that competing with TikTok is the thing to do. I think IG has a very distinct kind of use for a lot of small businesses, not just in the art world, but I think design, fashion, in the creative industries. And kind of throwing us to the wolves a bit, um, it increases our costs. Um, it's more of a challenge in terms of capacity. I've had to really kind of, you know, I'm a bit of a one-man show here. So I'm, I'm the one making the reels, you know, so I've had to like research apps and get into it and try my hand and I'm just hoping that it, it, it looks good. <laughs> I think it looks good, but it's only my, I've only done two, you know? So I think it's, it presents a challenge to small businesses in terms of the museums, um, um, being on the board of the National Gallery of Jamaica, like we have not, we still, we still, I think with the Kingston Biennial looming at the end of June, there are plans, um, but there's so much more work to do. It, uh, it's the real work, you know, it's not the communications at this point. Um, I think 
as long as there's some tech support and some capacity and someone who understands what the algorithms are requiring to be to be um, noted as important in people's feeds, then then I think we'll get with it. But it's it's it, it takes time and resources and staffing and those kind of issues. I mean, what do you think, Maria? How is it at Perez? I think that at Pam, you know, we tried to adapt uh, to to the new trends, right? So I know that there was a moment that the algorithm prefers stories over posting. So we were doing a lot of stories and be very conscious with our post postings on our feed. So I think that, you know, at Pam, we definitely are very in tune with the trends with the algorithm and, and try to adapt to it. Yeah, but we also have like, you know, we have a marketing team and we have people that are, you know, and somebody that it's very much their job is to do social media. So we have those resources as well, right. which makes it easy to adapt. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's something that, you know, we see grants specifically for, you know, capacity building, you know, some that are just um, put out there specifically to hire curators. It's almost as if now institutions need, you know, grant support just to hire somebody to do their social media because it's so important. You need at least at least two people with all of the, the platforms, with Twitter, the Instagram. Um, I don't think we do Snapchat anymore. What's the other one that everybody loves now? TikTok. TikTok. Oh my God, TikTok. TikTok requires. <laughs> I tried to do my first TikTok some, like, was it maybe a year ago? And I just like, you know what, bump this. this <laughs> I cannot do this. This is not working. Um, but you need, you know, full production support precisely for that, just to make sure that you keep your institution in front of the public, especially to this new audience that, this new young audience that we all want to, to grab. So let's move right on in. So we are looking at 921. So he should be here any second. All right, Susie, the Turner Prize was announced yesterday, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was yesterday was a Tuesday. Um, so, who do we have that we should pay attention to and be rooting for? Um, well, you know, the Turner Prize, you know, there was always a conversation of the um, lack of inclusion. I don't think it's a conscious exclusion, but it's a not seeing of artists of color as well of, as of Caribbean descent. So um, in the decolonization movement, um, I'm happy to say that Ingrid Pollard and Heather Phillipson are on the list of nominees. Ingrid Pollard is a Guyanese-British artist who has done a lot of work in photography and kind of new media work. Um, or, you know, again, a political framework, you know, about migration, identity. And Heather Phillipson was, um, I'm not sure of her her heritage, but I do know she's of, of Caribbean heritage. And she was commissioned for the fourth plinth recently in terms of a work that people might have heard of and know. I think it's called The End. And it was the fourth plinth at, in Trafalgar Square. And, you know, Trafalgar Square is full of very old um, monarchical empire type <laughs> statues. And um, the fourth plinth was a, was a commission for a new work. And she did this fabulous kind of like digital sculpture of um, a, a, a cream swirl you know, with a cherry on top yeah. called the end as in this is the end. And there are a couple of insects kind of feeding on the cream. And uh, so two really important um, 
artists of Caribbean descent in Britain, and I really hope one of them wins. And I'm just so glad to see that the work's being acknowledged and their huge commitment, because these are women, you know, who are probably in their 40s and 50s. So their practice, you know, in all those times where, you know, not, not being included, et cetera. Although I do think they've had, you know, various degrees of success between them. Um, to see this kind of recognition is really important, and um, I'm really happy to see it happening. Well, you know who else is of Caribbean descent? Veronica Ryan was also nominated. Um, oh, she is she? Born, yeah, she was born in the island of Montserrat. Um, yeah, so there's there's more. There's more. So we well, I might have it wrong about Heather Phillips, and then, I mean, I, I okay, I didn't know because I couldn't find Heather Phillipson's heritage. This is why I was a bit like, well, because she did the fourth plinth, I'm sure she must be of Caribbean so heritage. Who they were, I know that we spoke about it. That was the, the second person was, was it Veronica Ryan? But well, excuse me, everybody. Sorry about that. So James, we're going to clean that up a little bit. Just mm, please. Of, of, um, so maybe, maybe okay. we could cut that. And I just speak about Ingrid Pollard. And then before I go into the rest about Heather Phillipson. Um, Maria, can you speak a bit about Heather Phillipson? I mean, not Heather, Veronica Ryan, I mean. Um, right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you can, but I will say that I do like Heather Phillipson's whipped uh, cream with a cherry on top. So Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, a, you know, she's knighted and her work deals with uh, issues of history, identity, dislocation and belonging. Um, and she's known for, you know, her Afro-Caribbean heritage and her upbringing in the UK. And she very much examines psychology, the semantics of perceptions, the experience of place, home memory, and loss. And her works are, you know, they're very um, uh, colorful yet. Um, and also they have a, a certain degree of like delicacy to them. And um, um, and yeah, definitely somebody that, that is celebrated um, in the UK and also in the US as well. She's part of the Tate Collection, she um, uh, is part of the Arts Council collection, the Contemporary Art Society, the Sansbury collection, the Ar Irish Museum of Modern Art. And she's actually, she lives in between the UK and New York. Just took a quick screenshot of us. All right, so James, I think we got it. So we have people that we are rooting for, um, with the final, and then with the Turner Prize, what typically um, can the chosen winner expect, Susie? Um, the Turner Prize, I think it's um, a commission of work for public space. I mean, he could tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> so people that we are definitely rooting for. So if you already haven't researched them, please do if you work with any institutions especially if you work with, um, let's just say, wealthy individuals who need to put art in their collections or who have businesses that they need to do um, create public art for. I just had that conversation with someone last night who's looking for someone. You know, be sure that the artists that we mentioned during our podcast are artists that you bring up to people who are looking for art, in particular for large commissions that gives opportunities to everyone. Um, and brings visibility. So I'll definitely start passing some of these names along. All right, Mr. Locke, good morning or good afternoon where you are. Afternoon, afternoon. Hi, Hugh. Hi, hey, 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 hey. Good morning, Hugh. Well, good afternoon, Hugh. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so I'll introduce myself. I'm Melissa Hunter Davis, the founder of Sugar Cane Magazine. Do you know Maria Elena Ortiz? Yes. Yes. Indeed, yes. indeed, indeed. Yeah, we, we bought plants together way back in the day. Indeed, indeed. indeed. No, she helped me out, man. Yeah. And he showed me a different part of Miami. Indeed, indeed. It seems like a long time ago now, man. <laughs> it was. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it really was. All right. Susie, you ready? Sure am. Okay. You, I'm going to do a bit of an intro on you, and then we can kind of go into a conversation. Sure. And thank you for being here. It's very much appreciated. No, no worries, man. And congratulations. Like, yes, I mean, you're on fire, like always, yes, but, but it's just very exciting. Um, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, for our listeners, a quick introduction on Hugh Locke, um, who is a Guyanese-British artist currently resident in the UK um, and who spent his formative years in Guyana uh, before he returned to the UK in the mid-1990s. Um, Hugh's work explores uh, the languages of colonial and post-colonial power, how different cultures fashion their identities through visual symbols of authority, and how these representations are altered by the passage of time. Hugh works with ideas around public statues, trophies, weaponry, naval warships, and the costumes and the regalia of state that are appropriated in his sculptures, wall hangings, installations, and photographs in a continued deconstruction of state powers, iconicity, and histories. Um, Hugh has explored several several colonial objects and um, kind of reinvented and re-narrated potential meanings in these objects and installed them in really beautiful works um, in various museums around the world. He's shown extensively um, internationally, um, his most recent exhibition is the Tate Commission. Um, he's also had a comprehensive solo exhibition in 2019, Here's the Thing, which was at the Icon Gallery in Birmingham, UK, and which is currently traveling. He's in all uh, the British Museum kind of landscape as part of the National Collection, as well as uh, in the US and um, even in the Caribbean. So, um, Hugh, welcome. Thanks so much for being here and uh, being willing to speak to us about your work at the Tate and um, the kind of the kind of process around that. Um, yeah. What do I say? I mean, I'm 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 in recovery mode at the moment. You know. I'm sure. The, the, the Tate thing was exhausting. I think it's the, it, I think it's because we're in a different world now. And this was produced during lockdown. So the piece was started in January last year mm -hmm. by Zoom uh, and, and, and courier and sending materials to assistants and stuff like that by, 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 by courier. And that was, that was weird. That was weird. And uh, we, we started and then we didn't get into a proper studio until June last oh year. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So it, it was, it was, Full on, it was full on, you know. But and yeah, I mean, it, and, give and us a sense of scale of the of the procession because it, it goes from so, one end from the so, tape to the um, other. Essentially, the piece of work stretches down a small, not 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 big, but a small city block. It's it's eighty 
88 meters long. I think that's what it is. Um, maybe it's not, I, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's really, it stretches for quite a way. And it, it, it's, it comprises of about 155 figures. Wow. Adults and children, all in costumes. And um, a number of them carrying flags and stuff like that. Uh, and some, and including amongst this is um, five horse riders. So, so it's, it's like a, a migration of people, a, a, a procession of people through, through, the, through the history of Tate, Tate Britain Gallery, which is, um, is, a, is a historic place anyway, you know. So on one side of, of the procession, you walk, from, you walk past my work in through one door and you'll see paintings of kings and queens and of, 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 from, from the past. And um, you walk through another side and, and <laughs> on the other side it's um, contemporary art. So the, the contemporary and um, the contemporary and, uh, and uh, the, the historic is, is, mm -hmm. is bisected by my piece of work basically. And, and in the procession, the multiple stories that must be contained within that. Yeah, the multiple stories, sorry. I, I, I'm, okay, today I've been, I feel better now, but today I woke up and I was feeling really rough. And what it is is that I'm starting to get back into producing other projects. Okay. And, and it's been exhausting. Um, so the, the, the storylines, some of them are autobiographical. Some of them are, um, are wider than that. But when it's autobiography, it's autobiography of, 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 a, of a set personal, but then on a wider level. Um, so there's sort of Caribbean stories running through the whole thing, um, even up to today, to mentions on the, the, um, the uh, nods to the, the nightmare which is going on in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. so, but history runs through the whole thing. So there, um, and, and all the most of the costumes are made of printed fabric. I, I custom printed loads of fabric, and these are based on, on share certificates um, and, and, oh. and government bonds, which 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 I've been which I've been working with for a number of years. So the mm -hmm. piece is also a bit of a retrospective as well. So uh, so for example, the government bonds I worked with years ago, and um, I've used that in the work. There's um, one major piece where you look at it and you think, what, what's that image? And if, when, you, when you get close to it, or you, well, close enough to it, you realize that it, it, it's a bond drawn on the Confederate government, because I've been, I've been working with those as well. It took me quite a while to, I bought these things because they're obviously like very dodgy documents. <laughs> What can I do with them? But the thing is, mm -hmm. I got excited about, about these things because they, 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 this is from the time when the Confederacy was, was in trouble. They were just about to start going down. But then they started raising, it's a, it's a war bond, basically, to support the Confederate government. And so I bought lots of these and then worked imagery on top of it of, of, of African-American survival, basically, that, but on top of that. Um, and also interested in, in, in Confederate links in the Caribbean and stuff like that. So, so it's a wide, it's a wide ranging thing, you know. Lots of references to Guyana, where I grew up. Lots and lots mm. of references to that. Lots of references to so the images of Guyana banknotes, images of Guyanese landmarks. Then the references to Jamaica, 
lots of the number of images which which Jamaica, some Jamaicans may know of um, because Tate's gallery was not built by slavery, was not built by slaves, was not involved in that at all, came much later than that. But the, 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 anybody involved in sugar trade business in the late 19th century, it's a difficult, messy business. It's really mm -hmm. a business, yeah? So uh, what I've included is images of Jamaican cane cutters. Um, these, these are maybe well-known in Jamaica. I, did, I didn't know them until I started doing research a year ago. And I found these images. And what's great about these images is that all these cane cutters, they're photographed in the cane fields, right? Mm -hmm. cane, which is a kid in Guyana in the Caribbean. This is where you do each cane. But 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 they're being posed and they're obviously being asked to smile, you know, and they're smiling. Two of them are smiling, one one woman gives a slight smile, it's like you know, and it's about a grimace. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. No, so so for me, I got very excited when I found that. And another imagery. Was, was finding imagery of, um, of uh, banana boats being loaded. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this is late 19th century, early 20th century. And, and I found shared certificates of, um, which I reworked of um, Jamaican, uh, American company trying to build a railway in Jamaica. Basically, so I'm talking and talking and talking, and that's sort of what the piece is doing, you know? Right. It's, it's a rambling thing because it's a very long piece of work and, and the, the stories stretch all the way down, you know? Well, I imagine it's very powerful. I'm going to be in London in June, so I'll have the joy of seeing it. But I, I, when I do hear like the, the, the sheer scale of it and the work involved and the detail, I do think, you know, in the overwhelm of it, and that must be part of the desired kind of impact of all these stories and this history and this kind of like this heaviness of all the layering of all the bodies and the... Uh, it, 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 it may sound heavy, but the thing is, as I keep saying to people, I work with difficult subject matter, but I can't live in misery, quite frankly. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Because like, that'd be too, the life, life's too short for that, you know? So, mm -hmm. so, 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 so there's a lot of beauty and color in this thing. But at the same, well, the carnivalesque is communicates very well. Exactly, but but then the thing is, is there's a lot of difficult history in this thing, really mm -hmm. history, you know. And uh, but but also references to contemporary stuff. So there's a lot of references to China, there are lots of Chinese bonds which I've been using for years. Oh, and interesting. China, and 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 this is referencing a time when China, what China refers to as their century of humiliation, uh, which finished. With, with, the, with the arrival of Chairman Mao, but this is a Chinese, Chinese view, which is still has quite a lot of sway, I believe, in China. And it's, it's interesting. So all these, all these bonds I've got are superimposed with maps of the world, maps of different areas and, and, and um, container ships and stuff like that. And it's about, it's about power balances, about shifting power balances, geopolitics and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. so it's not, and also the fact that what I'm trying to do as well is give a, a, a wide view of the Caribbean because like nobody knows or very few people know the fact that I grew up in a country where 52% of the people are descended from Indian indentured servants from India. That is quite a different society. You know, yes. What, what, what might be presumed. I mean, I mm -hmm. grew up celebrating Hindu festivals as a holiday. This is part of my childhood. So when I mm -hmm. say autobiographical, I mean autobiographical in, in, a, in a wide historical sense. 
Can you see what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what's so powerful about this, the insight it can give. And in this age of decolonizing the museum, the access it gives people that don't normally get, um, can attain any kind of knowledge around these histories being being so emboldened within a, an artwork that, of such a scale. I think it must be having huge impact within the Tate. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I got some good reviews. Which <laughs> I mean, um, that was because you, you never know how things are going to go, really. You know what I mean? You never know. Yes. Yeah, it must be quite nerve wracking to, to, to see it. It's, it's kind of but I think by, by February, by the beginning of February this year, I thought, well, I've got something here. We, I, we got something here because it is a team of people working on this thing. You can't do something like this by yourself. And mm -hmm. it wouldn't happen without my wife in Drakana working on it because. What happened is that I realized that on a project like this, I can create and manage a bit, but I really can't manage because it, it had to be managed in, a, in a, like a, a, a methodical way. You know, mm -hmm. words, we need to have three, these three figures finished by the end of today. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so Indra had to come on board. Without Indra, this project would not have happened at all, quite simply, mm -hmm. because it was, it was getting really... It's stressful, and I think it's, it's it it would be stressful anyway. But as I keep saying, dealing with COVID, you know, that was the thing. You know, to me, that made it really, really stressful. Really stressful. Was that in terms of access to supplies that you needed to make oh, work? So let me shut this window. Access to supplies, um, uh, yeah, all of that stuff. Supplies, everything. It was just the support, really the studio assistance, and the like. Studio assistance, supplies, um, then then making sure testing and all this kind of stuff to make sure that everybody's safe. I mean, my God, it was yes, it, it's been quite a production. I think that I, it, was, it was rough, but then this does that, that doesn't even, my experience doesn't even compare to the nightmare that other people have been dealing with in the world. You know, to me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, was being able to do this project was exhausting and stressful, but that was a luxury compared to other people's lives through through, through this, the pandemic. Which uh, and you and so you're very conscious of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying it's not a complaint; it's just an ex explanation of of <laughs> person's experience. You know, because other experiences were were, were nightmarish. You know, other people's experiences. Yes, and um, but I think I think to be able to produce a body of work like this um with a team and in that context you know is is incredibly um ambitious and you 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 got there so congratulations oh, i'm you. glad it's getting the reviews it's getting and bringing all our all these complex and hidden histories to light in a particular way for those that want to know so i i for one thank you for getting for getting there i appreciate that <laughs> i also wanted to ask you i mean after this i mean it's going to cause um somewhat of a, a fire for you um, in terms of career. And I know you're very tired um, after the production of this work, but there are new new commissions and um, projects coming up. Could you shed any light okay. for us on any that you are doing? Thing, I, I can't describe what the thing is, but I can tell you that the next thing is for the Commonwealth Games in, in the oh. center of Birmingham. I, I, I'm, I'm redressed. I'm going to say it's because it's officially out there. I, I'm redressing um, a, a statue of Queen Victoria, which is an a, 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 a iconic 
thing in the center of Birmingham. So I've, I've been redressing that, and that's fantastic. That, that, that's going to be that's going to be great, actually. That's going to be yeah, yeah. And um, and then of course is the Metropolitan Museum project. Which right, I mentioned that before in the title of it, which I love. So what what is that going to be about? Um, well, that I can't talk about, but you you you, you heard the title, so. Uh, <laughs> I read something about it um, as a kind of for the facade in the same way um, that past commissions have been, but around ideas of trophies and and yeah, um, yeah. If that's well. what you said, then but then that's we'll leave said. it there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you as well. Um, as an artist that has your career is at this pinnacle now and, you know, the, the years of committed practice and sustained um, kind of dedication to the work that you do. Um, do you have, I mean, there's a lot of young contemporary artists out there. I wanted to, it's a kind of two pronged question. I wanted to ask about, I mean, the relevance of your Caribbean-ness is very important in your work. Um, but I know there were times when that wasn't, you know, something that could be, in the, in the scheme of the wider art world um, outside of the Caribbean. And I wanted to, and now it's a bit of like a flavor of the month. It's the new, it's the new inclusion, you know, that is no longer something seen as marginal, marginalized or peripheral. Um, so, so I wanted to ask you about the role of that in, in your career and how you feel about that now. Okay, as, well, yeah. I, how do I feel about it now? Right. Um, when I give talks, and I'm talking often to a um, much younger audience than, than myself, uh, of course, um, uh, college students, so I, I, I have to preface everything I'm saying, like, what I'm talking about here is an old world, right? A world before what you know. But I mean, the, the thing I often talk about is back in the late 90s, I stopped making work in color completely because, oh really yeah 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 i stopped making work in color because what would happen so i'd make something and people would say i love this this is great have you ever been to haiti and what they meant was not have you ever been to haiti i recognize contemporary haiti art mm -hmm. contemporary art thing no not at all it's like like i see some exotic voodoo and stuff or people would look at i love this i saw you know i went to nepal once and i went to this temple in nepal i was like oh christ you know, so so I stopped making work in color because what I realized was that people w could not accept what I was doing at all as as art. You know, it was it, I I was a folk artist as far as they were concerned. This is nothing against folk artists at all. I stress, but it, they, they, nobody saw this as sculpture. You know, or or mm -hmm. or, or or anything contemporary. And this, this, you have to understand this is the height of the YBA movement and Damien Hurst and all this kind of stuff. And that's not right. them, but it's just like, it was a very particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. and I was interested in what was coming out of the Caribbean, what was coming out of, uh, from Havana Biennale in 92. I think it was early 90s Havana Biennale, an iconic Biennale. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking at what was coming out of other countries in, in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa coming out of India and stuff like that. And that was not the thing, you know, to me, it's not the thing. Today, you know, different conversation, you know? I mean, I met, I met um, the artist Christopher Cozier back in the early 2000s. I was like, mm -hmm. wow, 
is a contemporary artist who who's who's thinking uh, who I could I could relate to coming from the Caribbean. <laughs> that was a big deal for me, huge big deal, you know. <laughs> and, and we under, I understand what he's talking about, and as like, it, it was wonderful, it was truly wonderful, you know. Yeah, no, Christopher's amazing. And, and now today, um, Caribbean art, contemporary Caribbean art, is a thing, you know what I mean? It, 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 and and you and um, and that's that's great, you know what I mean? It's just um, it is, and in the UK, it seems to be quite a movement. We had the Tate exhibition as well, like between the islands. I mean, did you? what did you think of that show? None of us have seen it, so I'd love oh, to right, know right. your thoughts on it's that show. Very, it's a very good show, it's a very good show. Um, generally favorable, very favorable re reviews. It was a really good show. And, and also it was a wide ranging thing. So, um, and, and, it, and it's, it, it took into opinion art created by people who may be, may be based in London, but come from the Caribbean, have worked in the Caribbean. So, you, so the Caribbean was running throughout the whole thing. You know, it wasn't a British thing as such in that way. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was really interesting. You know, so, some great. So, some great work in it. Really great work. You know? Great. I would love to have seen that. All we, all I can see is the catalogue. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it, put it, put it this way. It was very well curated. That was that's mm -hmm. what I can say about it. I didn't feel there were any dips in it, you know what I mean? It, it, the level was, was kept high all the way through, you know? Um, yeah, and it was a good show, it was a really good show. Very, very, very successful. I mean, like really well attended, you know? Yes, I'm sure it's one of their more popular shows as well, yeah. probably ranks right up there. Um, is there anything, I mean, as, a, as an artist, I had so much experience um, of different times, etc. Um, just thinking of our listeners, um, as young contemporary artists listen to the podcast a lot, I know, um, is there, and they would love to, they, they would love to hear this conversation with you. Is there any advice? I know it's a hard thing to ask, but is there any kind of wisdom you could share about being an artist in the contemporary world that has really helped you um, not just develop and succeed, but to navigate it with a sense of center or or um, not losing yourself in the in the madness of it all is how it can be sometimes. I, I think you have to get your name out there, but and obviously social media, which didn't exist back in my day, um, is obviously a tool for that. But the one thing which is it's a very obvious thing to say, but my one of my salvations has been the fact that I come from the Caribbean, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it may sound like a very obvious thing to say, but coming. As out, coming out of Jamaica, coming out of Trinidad, Barbados, you know, Guyana, and some of the English-speaking Caribbean, the Francophones part Caribbean as well. Coming out of there, you got something to talk about, you know. I would like to think, you know, that that's for sure, and um, and that's because there are a lot of artists. I see, I, I go around exhibitions, and I see, you know, really talented artists, but. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes with nothing to, to talk about. You know? mm -hmm. Whereas you come from Jamaica with all its complexities, you know, and all, all its complex histories. and com Can't have something to, can't not have something to say. Yeah, if you haven't got, if you've got nothing to say, then you're not looking hard enough. You know? <laughs> I mean, what I find here is certainly I can speak for Jamaica is a lot of the young artists, you know, there's a lot of trauma in the work. 
And I think people find that very hard to um, digest or confront because, you know, we, we, we constantly live under a trauma, you know, in a way in the Caribbean. And that's, I think, one of the challenges trying to speak to artists about how to think about trauma in a different way, trauma, violence, historical, political violence, and all of that. I think the, 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 the thing is, if you, this, the, the phases artists go through, if you're young artist, you may go through a certain phase because mm-hmm. that's what's there, and then you may find a way out of it, you know, or, 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 or maybe not. Maybe, why should people not accept trauma in the work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, of tra- because I, I'm, I'm talking of somebody who's not remotely expert in the Jamaican art scene. Mm-hmm. But I, obviously I've, I, I'm aware of, of, of work and stuff like that, you know. Um, uh, I think if your trauma thing becomes a cliche, then that's a, that could be a problem. I, I think if, if you're an artist, I do it a lot. You have to be a, a, a strong judge on your own self. You know, you have you have to watch watch out for when you're making. Um, okay, oh hang on, that's a cliche territory. I'm I'm falling into there. Oh, or, or 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 even your own work can become a bit of a bit of a cliche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 this procession I did the procession. I'd never done anything like that before. Now I'm not ex- I'm not telling people to change what they do every single time at all, and not to put. But then, w- what I'm saying is to just be careful, you know, J- just and rise to a challenge maybe of of finding new ways of talking about those things. Exactly, exactly, because um, there there the, there are many different ways to. To, to be heavy hitting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there are many different, some of them can be more subtle and some of them can be more visceral. It, it's just, you, 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 you decide which way you go, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I stress, I'm talking about some work which I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not really that familiar with. Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 am, I've all, I often see, if, if I, sometimes I, I will look at some work and think, Right, are they are they not questioning themselves? You know about what 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 they're doing. You know? uh, I think it's an important point, like holding yourself to account, trying to see your work in a in a in a in a way that's more objective, exactly. um, and you developing the conversation to be to have more depth and more complexity. Exactly, seeing your work to. to seeing your work in a more objective way Mm -hmm. thank you for that Maria, Melissa do you have any any questions you'd like to ask you while we have the honour of having him here we talk about things right Right? Yeah. it's one of our local street characters who walks around with this music right by his ear loud, loud, loud and I just I don't know the point I'm trying to make I mean the, 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 it's about if you if I was when I was a younger artist I was like um, like a magpie like a, like a sponge mm-hmm. to the, and, and not 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 beating myself up about what I'm excited about you know what I mean you may be excited about something artistically you may th- and then you may second there's always a brain which a thing sits on your shoulder which says you know what um, and, and you cancel it out because you say well I shouldn't be doing that 
You know what I mean? That's not what I should be doing. It's not what you should, if you're doing something and all of a sudden you think, hang on, that feels quite uncomfortable. I'm not sure about this. That's when things are, oh, this is a bit embarrassing, you know? Because when I started making work in color again, I, mm-hmm. was thinking, I was thinking, my God, what am I doing, doing here? I started making deliberately fake voodoo dolls, talking to a friend of mine saying, what do I do? I find what I'm doing a bit embarrassing. This is in 2001. And she said, look, Hugh, go, to the, go back in the studio and just do the work. And that was the permission I needed to just try something completely different. And if you question yourself sometimes too much, you will cancel out your whole, you, you, you'll talk, it's very easy to talk yourself out of doing something rather than just going and doing something artistically and seeing where the hell it goes, you know? And I think an important kind of um, aspect of what you've just described is, you know, having community, having relationships and say, you know, exactly, exactly. throw it to the wind, go do the work and find that moment that makes a change. People you trust, people you trust, mm-hmm. who, will do, who got your back, you know, to me. That's really important. You can't do it by yourself. I mean, the whole Van Gogh idea and all that, the, the guy went in a field and shot himself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, relationship and trust are key. I agree. Thank you for that. Okay. I was just going to ask Melissa and um, Maria if there's anything that you'd like to ask you while we have him here. Um, I had a question um, to you. And at the beginning, when you were talking about the work that's at the tape right now, you're mentioning that, um, uh, you know, it has a lot of references from histories of the Confederacy in the U.S. to also Guyana and so on. Like, I was wondering what, you know, all these histories to someone may feel like they have no relationship with each other. So I was wondering how do you see the relationships between those histories? Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah, right. It is about... Um, global history, basically, you know, we're all linked in a web together. That's where I see it. So as we're talking, some of the share certificates, the, the, the things all linked together in my brain. Um, so um, seeing somebody carrying a flag, but the flag is made up of, um, of, a, of a share certificate um, from Ethiopia, and that's decorated with raster colors. But then it's about the building of a railway by the French government. It, it, it's almost like like, a, like peeling an onion, you know what I mean? The, 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 the connections are there and um, and people seem to be seeing them, you know? Sorry, it's just like something to That's arrive. great, that's great. No, no, the pe- pe- and, um, and I'm aware of that as well. You know, I'm aware of the fact that, hang on, this may look a bit weird, but then when, when people look at a Chinese cheer certificate, which is blown up big, sewn onto a costume and then you look at it and you think oh hang on that's that that skyline and there looks familiar i know it's hong kong i know the shares there because the chinese reorganization loan from 1925 straight away people are starting to make links and go oh i can see where that's connected to that and stuff like that mr Locke, thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it um let's go ahead and, and shut down so he where can we find you on social media um, Hugh Locke, you know, I'm there, Instagram, the usual stuff. You know. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, yeah, and on the Tate website as well, obviously. You know, There's stuff out there, stuff out there. Sure, you just need to Google Hugh and you'll find lots. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for your time. Bye. 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 Love to Indra. Bye. And you can find me at Instagram and I'm a contemporary chica. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Susie. Susie Wong presents on IG. And of course, you can go to sugarcanemag.com and follow us on Instagram. Thank you so much for your time. We are so happy that you were able to join us this week. We will be winding down soon. Only a few more episodes left, but you still have time to like, share, give us a whole bunch of stars and some great comments. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.